Delia. And I'm Sam. And this is Discontent, a podcast about nothing and for no one. So it's been, it's been a week, guys. It's insane that it's only been a week. I know. Everything happened. It's a different era now. We live in a different world. Potentially a better one. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, it's been very busy. There's been a lot of a lot of people out demonstrating and a lot of people out telling the politicians what we need from them and hopefully hopefully they start to listen. We'll we'll see. And most importantly, I've still been skateboarding. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Sam is still skateboarding. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot this week that you're still skateboarding and I it's yeah. like every time you mention it, I'm learning it anew. Yeah, I I guess I can tell you guys on the podcast formally. I I figured the anecdote about the the skate man out. I passed him on the street again with his like thirteen year old daughter. Aww. So I think I think he wanted me to be her like skate mentor. Oh, <laughs> a skater I got disappointed. Role model. Yeah, yes, that's nice. But uh, alas, I I am too new, too fresh to to help his daughter with her half pipe. Well, I'm sure she built an okay one. I trust preteen girls, but not preteen boys. <laughs> yeah, not preteen boys. Not when it comes to safety. My other main quarantine anecdote for this week is um, it finally happened. I had to go to Target this morning because I we had gone to Target yesterday and I forgot to pick something up. So I like ordered it for pickup. And while I was there, I uh, stopped at the Starbucks that's in there. and was like, I'll get a cold brew. I haven't had a cold brew in a long time. And as I was walking out, you know, wearing my mask like a good person, I definitely put the coffee up to my mask and spilled coffee all over my mask because <laughs> I forgot that I was wearing a mask. <laughs> and I tried to drink through it. Oh, no. So, oh, honey. That's, that's my week. <laughs> quarantine props another quarantine prop guys mask acne is gonna be so real i'm not i'm so sad about it like i just got to the point in my life where i'm not having acne all the time and now i'm literally going to have acne for the entire rest of the time that we have to wear masks because well hey no one will see it i mean i guess (laughs) that but like i'll see it i'll know (laughs) you'll know it's there right and like you know it's just not fun to just take off your mask and be like Ah, it's it's scarier underneath the mask, you know. <laughs> but you know, we do what we can for public health, I guess. I'll take I'll take zits. I saw an ad the other day for like breath mints and it was advertised specifically for like mask breath. Oh, I saw that. That's so like I mean, I know that every every uh advertisement is a lie, but like that's such a lie. In what <laughs> in what world does having fabric in front of your mouth make your breath smell worse? I mean, the it's the fact that you're smelling it. Oh. Yeah, you're not usually smelling it. You're just imparting that upon other people usually. But now you have to face the fact that your mouth is rancid. <laughs> hey, are you disgusting? But it's okay. <laughs> but never realized. Are, you, it are you realizing now? Are you being confronted with the fact that you're gross? Have people always told you that your breath smells bad, but you don't really understand their viewpoint? Put a mask on <laughs> and check yourself, and then eat a mint. I still haven't figured out how to wear a mask with that glasses, so I just don't wear glasses yeah, I, anymore. <laughs> same. I can't, because I can't wear, they just fall down, or they fog up, and then I'm, like, in the grocery store, and my glasses fall down, and yeah. <laughs> everyone sees. Yeah. And then, I, and then I have to leave the establishment. I've, like, tried to tuck my mask over the edge of my glasses to, like, en- encapsulate them, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> 
Well, I've been doing the mask and sunglasses combo multiple times this week, uh, going out and about and like, you know, doing the stuff downtown and doing the, the vigil the other day. And uh, problem with that being my forehead is so much tanner than the rest of my face. <laughs> That's very funny. But how do you get them to not fog up? I can't wear sunglasses yeah, with a mask either. No. Maybe it's just the, maybe I wear my mask up high enough that it doesn't let the let the air escape i don't know it just I don't doesn't know. the mask i have is so big on my face and it goes like to my eyelashes so oh. maybe that's my problem maybe it's I don't too know. high then i don't know my, mine's fine but i i it could also just be the kind of sunglasses i wear but i don't know yeah but yeah so other than going out to some of those demonstrations um i've had a pretty busy week uh in general so did i tell you guys i was having trouble with apple tv yes yes <laughs> yes Corey. so i i got an apple tv like free trial week because defending Jacob is over and I needed to watch the Chris Evans content that I need to watch and but I didn't want to pay for it and so it kept telling me like oh we can't play this episode right now we can't play this episode right now try back in a minute try back in a minute and I was like fine I'll just watch this show I'll watch every Apple TV show on my phone because my TV doesn't like Apple apparently but I figured out that if I start the episode on my phone and then pause it and then close out of it, and then start it on my TV, it works. So if you're having trouble with Apple TV, <laughs> God, I went through that whole process with every episode of everything that I watched on Apple TV this week. And it was stupid, but it worked. So Defending Jacob was very good. Heavy recommend. It's, it's a downer, but like Chris Evans is great. So that's good. And I also watched The Morning Show, which is a much better use of Steve Carell than Space Force was, in my opinion. And also Reese Witherspoon and Surprise Mindy Kaling. It's both of those. Those are my two Apple TV recommendations, which everybody already, you know, knows about. Has been watching for like four years. <laughs> they're popular. Um, but I also did a lot of pigmentation this week. I uh, <laughs> Pigmentation. <laughs> I dyed the bottom of my hair purple and it was a very stressful experience uh, being someone <laughs> being someone who hates messes. Um I knew that it was going to be hard to not freak out about my entire bathroom being purple, but, like, I really freaked out about my entire bathroom being purple. <laughs> it, the dye t- asks, like, 30 minutes to set, so I, like, you know, did it and clipped it up and whatever, and in that 30 minutes, I spent, like, 28 of them just scrubbing my bathroom frantically, like, please don't stain, please don't stain, please don't stain. Luckily, we're good. We're fine. But I just don't think I'm ever going to do it at home ever again. I would much rather pay somebody money to not mess up my entire life. (laughs) So, uh, recommendation, as Delia responded when I told them this earlier, dyeing your hair at home is not for type A people who want, like, a a spotless home. So, keep that in mind. Yeah, don't relate. (laughs) Don't, Don't relate to either of those things, being able to dye my hair and caring about a clean bathroom and then i also painted some furniture but that's less exciting except i i spray paint it so i got black spray paint and i was spray painting and i was wearing flip-flops so you know like you know how people like my feet looked like corpse feet basically because (laughs) i got like some gray and some black on them and it just looked like like i looked down i I, rigor mortis yeah i got i got in the i got like i showered and well i didn't not shower but i didn't do anything extra to get the paint off besides showering so i went to the vigil yesterday and i looked down at my feet and i was like wow my feet my feet really look like i'm dead guys 
<laughs> people were like what's wrong with her <laughs> so uh yeah but that's that's uh, mostly everything i did this week i also went through some high school and college like nonsense some things that i had hanging on my walls back then i found some really some some things that i can't believe that i kept but uh you know it's I, that's a definitely a highly recommended activity for this time is to go through things that you have at home that you never go through and try and like sort them and get rid of some stuff because I got rid of a lot of things that I've been carrying around from house to house and it's feels nice to have to like consolidate and we have the time to so why not you know. Yeah, like, right before the pandemic got bad in America, I, like, cleaned out my entire closet and took three bags of uh, clothes to Goodwill, and that felt very liberating, and then, I, like, then as soon as Goodwill closed, I was like, god damn, I'm really glad I did that, or else I'd have these three bags of clothes in my house for no reason. Yeah, like, I need to go through my clothes and my books, but I'm gonna probably wait until I could actually take them somewhere, I guess. Though, you could always just do it, and then just put them somewhere... I think Goodwill's open for Yeah, Goodwill's open again. now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Probably against advisement, but, you yeah. know. I mean, you know. As long as they I let... Mean, no, it, nothing should still be open, but it's fine, I guess. Right. Economy. If they let everything sit for, like, whatever, three days or whatever it is, like, it's probably fine to sell, like, once... As long as they quarantine everything when they get it, right? Because it doesn't last on surfaces. No, it's more the fact their stores are open and... Oh, yeah. that's gonna, yeah, gonna that's go true. in there and... That's true. Touch things. The library currently has better, like, measures against it than any other place I've been to lately, so... Yeah. Good job, public library. Well, one other thing that we that we all did this week is watched the half of it on Netflix on Monday. Yeah, finally. Corey badgered us into it. Yep, and I had some time on Monday, and I was like, hey, you guys want to watch a movie? So, uh, if you're not familiar, the half of it is basically Cyrano de Bergerac based in high school with the Cyrano character being a queer Asian American girl helping this completely awkward mess of a boy <laughs> woo Just the, the, girl. the tallest boy in existence. Dog boy is how I would describe dog, him. Dog boy, a big dog. He, helping him to woo the girl of both of their dreams. So I watched this when it like the day it came out and I fucking loved it it was so i i still stand by like the fact that it was just a super feel-good like really nice movie but also it kind of speaks to the the theme of what we're going to be talking about this week which is like queer representation in media and in that conversation i do not have much to say necessarily being the only straight person (laughs) being the straight representation on this podcast The token straight person. Yeah. So, uh... Corey's not spicy like us. Right. Um, I mean... Sam has said the word spicy multiple times today, and I'm uncomfortable with it, and I just want to make that known. Uh... But yeah, so I'm gonna gonna open it up to y'all and say, how did you guys feel about this movie? Well, you you heard me. The scene where they go in the fucking hot spring and she was like... <laughs> yeah, I like, just I just kept yelling, this is gay! <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, the entire time. I was like, what is happening? Because <laughs> it's the wildest shit. I've Listen, I'm not seen. that enmeshed in lesbian culture, but is inviting someone that you sort of only, only kind of barely know... know to strip and get into a natural, like, pool, I guess, pond with you in the woods? Is that normal? And then, and then, like, 
going up to them in the water and trying to strip their clothes off <laughs> for them. <laughs> is that straight? <laughs> is that, yeah, is, is that straight culture? <laughs> it seems not to me. <laughs> not in my, what do yeah. I know? Not in my experience, no. I didn't have any ladies invite me to a hot spring in high school, so I can't speak to personal experience. Yeah. Uh, it was very gay, though. It was exceptionally gay. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was great. I mean, it's it's a good movie. That's there's. It was directed by Alice Wu, who is known for, you know, this vibe, which is great. And that's yeah. it. I don't know. But I think we can all agree that the best part of the movie is taco sausage. Taco <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I have to talk about taco sausage. There's yeah. a lot of great things in the movie. It's a great, uh, like, teenage, coming-of-age movie, but also taco, taco sausage. sausage. So one of the main, like, plots, I guess, <laughs> of the Plot, movie plots. <laughs> is, like, the main, the awkward dog, tall dog boy, he, uh, <laughs> man, we're giving a weird picture of that kid. Uh, um, he. I mean, it's... It- it's not like a Twilight thing. He's not like a werewolf, but like no. he is a dog. He is a dog of a, a of a boy. Yes, he has he has dog energy, and he's the tallest boy I've ever seen. <laughs> he's the tallest. So yeah, his family so tall. owns owns a sausage shop, I guess, and he is trying to break out of the traditional sausage. <laughs> question about that what is a traditional sausage dish because he kept saying he didn't want to go against his mom's recipes but like what is a traditional sausage recipe just a sausage on a bun like i think it's I just guess. a regular sausage Corey. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes his own sausage and then creates the taco sausage recipe which in the film is just depicted as like a hard shell taco a soft shell taco with a with the sausage in it and well which, it, it's got like salsa verde or something on top of it like there yeah. is a sauce but like yeah but uh apparently the kid who plays that character has created his own uh dream recipe of the taco sausage and he stated <sighs> in an article that if they were to make a second half of it movie he would push to have his so- taco sausage recipe represented in the film <laughs> yes that's um, the representation we need taco sausage representation and so his ideal uh taco sausage recipe is a hard shell taco put the soft shell taco with melted cheese in between delightful the sausage guacamole cracked be- black pepper tomato and cabbage sour cream and chipotle mayo i mean that which, sounds good i guess yeah, yeah. Yeah, Corey and I were talking about this before you jumped on, but it's like, if if it's the right kind of sausage, right. that'd be great. Yeah, I, I would eat that with a yeah. If like, it's taco like a meat. kielbasa, then no, yeah. I don't yeah. want that. Thanks. The key, the key, the sausage is really the key. It's like, what does the sausage taste like? I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess I, I, I mean I assume because he made the sausage himself, it's like a Mexican inspired. Yeah. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, if you put like, but also has this has this boy from what is it like, uh, Kansas? Where are they from? I they're hard to say. Oregon. Okay, Oregon. Yeah. Okay, has he ever had? I mean, honestly, a good Mexican dish or like chorizo? <laughs> Do like actual like you know Spanish sausage? But does this good. boy know what chorizo is? This is the problem. True. I don't know. I don't know his. They don't really dive deep into his culinary background. Besides, we see watching we see him zero cook. Latina people in the movie. Um, <laughs> That's false. Uh, the oh, yeah. the girl that they're both after is Latina, and her family. Oh, is, is she? Yeah, her name's oh, okay. her, her last name's Flores. Oh, okay. And the dad speaks Spanish to her and tells her to sit up like a lady. I guess I missed that detail. Maybe he learned it from her. <laughs> Wouldn't that be beautiful? Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so the half of it. I mean, do we have anything else to really say about it? It's a it's a good watch. It's a it's a cute little. Uh, yeah, it's a solid like teenage romance movie yeah. without much actual romance, really. Yeah, very feel good, very funny, and like the and like the friendship stuff in it is good too. Like the friendship between uh, the two main characters that like develops in trying to woo this girl is also very nice, mm-hmm. and I like that a lot too. So. It's it's definitely yeah. worth, you know, worth a watch. The end scene is very heartwarming. Yes, agreed. Agreed. The very, the last, like, five minutes or so was very good. Yeah. So, speaking of Kilbasa, um, and <laughs> speaking... <laughs> here, hold on. Wait for the... Buckle up for this segue. Speaking of Kilbasa and queer media, I've been watching the new Queer Eye episodes, one of which uh-huh. includes Antony taking one of the heroes to learn about her Polish heritage, and they make kielbasa and pierogies and all that kind of stuff for her cool. family. So today we're going to be talking about queer media. <laughs> Great. Cool. cool. <laughs> nice segue. Thanks. A hallmark of the brand is me g- making really good segues. But so we've talked about Queer Eye extensively, but... Queer Eye is obviously one of the most, like, commonplace examples of queer media. So we're going to talk about some of the ones that we, that have made an impact on us, that we watch regularly or used to watch, um, and just kind of, in in the spirit of pride, uh, you know, talk about more gay shit, because, I mean, that's what got us our, our, our uh, most of our listeners, I'm sure. So <laughs> give yeah, the people pride, what they want. Pride, pride is canceled this year. Go out and like demonstrate and donate instead. But uh, we're going to talk about some gay shit, I guess. And also some not very gay shit that straight people want me to settle for, which I refuse <laughs> to do. We So before we start recording, we threw around a, like a ton of sort of queer like vaguely queer or queer coded characters and had i we had to keep going like okay but they're not actually like confirmed (laughs) as queer so we can't like don't settle for the sort of queer baity garbage yeah it's not the 1950s people can be gay on tv now (laughs) well more like it's not you know 2000 2015 yeah Hey, Glee broke through those barriers. <laughs> Damn it, Sam, I didn't want to talk about Glee. I said specifically we weren't going to talk about Glee. We don't have to talk about Glee anymore. I just wanted to say that to enrage you. The only, God. so I, I have, I put Modern Family on this list. And the only reason I did that is because like in the zeitgeist of like getting middle America to care about anything LGBT, like I feel like Modern Family did kind of introduce it in the most palatable way possible like yeah Corey, remember i i always remember that time when we were in high school and the show was on and you told me your homeroom teacher oh no it wasn't it, it, was, it wasn't homeroom i took a modern mass media class in high school with a notoriously conservative leading leaning teacher and we and we did a sitcom week where we like gave gave her sitcoms we would watch an episode of it and then discuss like the message, the messaging and stuff in it. And uh, the, at this point, it was literally, I think the first season of Modern Family. Yeah. Like, I don't even think the first season was over yet, but I like proposed that we watch an episode of it and we watched it. And this woman, like, she, she is so fully uncomfortable, so clearly angered by everything she has seen in this episode of like two gay men 
existing together with a baby also. And she asks me, she goes, do, do you not feel like this is shoving gay marriage down your throat? And I said, they're Yikes. not even married. <laughs> 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 because they don't get, they're not even engaged. They don't even get married until like season, I don't even know, five, six. Like they did 15 freaking seasons of that. Like it, it was way out. They were nowhere near married. They just had a kid together. But like, you know. But so that that is the that is the main experience that I just wanted to talk about. I'm glad you yeah, brought it up. Yeah, that one like it's literally been you know 15 years since that happened. <laughs> I think about that every time I think about Modern Family. Yeah, and I go, oh God. So here here's my uh, confession. When you said Modern Family, I was like. Who on Modern Family is right? Gay? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Like those are the two like opposite poles. Like I don't even think of that show as being like particularly gay because it's not. Right. It's mostly just about like a bunch of nuclear families. Right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, was did Haley come out as like bisexual <laughs> in the series or something? Because I I literally forgot right. there was two gay men with a baby and married in the series. Right. Which like that's the th- like that's the thing about Modern Family. Like it was groundbreaking in that it like oh it it gave it gave like you know an introduction to that kind of thing, but also again in the most palatable way possible. Like yeah, yeah. like it's a it's a pair of really like you know white middle class white gays yeah waspy uh, yeah with with cam being the clearly more feminine one to help to help straight people understand the relationship like there's there's very much a like their dynamics are very similar to a to a lot of the straight yeah it's like a very like hetero dynamic yeah not that Jesse Tyler Ferguson is like particularly oh, no, much, but, but like in compa- yeah, and of the two actors, like Jesse Tyler Ferguson is the one who is actually gay in real life and married to a man. Yes, that is also true. That is also true. Um, also, I just realized in talking about Modern Family, the actual show that really brought you know queerness to the mainstream. But we also talked about this in our reboot, in that they kind of didn't live up to their previous standards in the reboot. But Will and Grace was obviously the first. The first thing that a lot of people saw with with anybody gay uh, on yeah. network TV. So and also, I mean, she's the devil, but Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we Ellen. Every scandal noted uh, did also did yes. also do a lot for gay people. But it's it's that picture of like RuPaul holding Ellen's hand, holding J.K. Rowling's hand. <laughs> that's like. Oh man, speaking of JK Rowling, goddamn, did yeah. she truly like go off the fucking rails? Like literally what at the time of recording this like last night. Yeah. yeah. She united Twitter in something other than police brutality <laughs> with her dumbest shit comments. Yeah. Well what odd. What is that absolute garbage? What does that meme say? Uh be progressive for Oh, and Joss Whedon's there too, and it says <laughs> and, and it says like be be progressive for the 1990s and then do nothing to evolve with the times to continue to like be progressive or something like that. But it's like yeah. all of it's it's that picture. That's it's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like Will and Grace is kind of in there too. Will and Grace has like two fingers on the on the like team like hands to the middle thing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Buffy. I mean, I I would say that like Will and Grace did something sort of, I mean, I, in the long run, I don't know how helpful or detrimental it was, but at the time, like, showing two gay men who are not romantically involved 
Yeah, who, just her friends. Yeah, who, like, had a whole life mm-hmm. that was, like... yeah you know, full and... And, like, had very different personalities within being gay and, yeah. Yeah. Despite them being, both being, like, fairly, like, Mm feminine-coded. The original Queer Eye did that, too, because it was, like, all five of the people, the original Queer Eye members are very different from one another, and it showed, like, you know, not all gay men are, frankly, you know, the flamboyant characteristic, you know, that they are not to be. Contrary to popular belief, not all gay people are Carson Kressley. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> think of his name, but that's what I was going for. Uh, speaking of which, also this week, um, they did the Family Feud episode with uh, the old Queer Eye versus the new Queer Eye cast. Oh, no. And boy, did Steve Harvey have a time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun to watch because every time any of them said anything he just could not handle himself or it like he was just hands on his face just like literally leaning like bending down hands to his knees to like stable himself like it was so funny but also (laughs) it was he so clearly thought Carson was like some kind of alien from another planet like he told him multiple times like you are a lot (laughs) Yeah, well, Steve Harvey's a lot, so yeah, I don't think he's in the room at all. And then they had a they had a category that asked them uh, what what TV host really makes you laugh. And Anthony buzzed in and panicked and said Alex Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve just uh, like took a lap and was like, "I've never been more offended in my life." <laughs> retweet though. <laughs> Alex Trebek taking down nerds on Jeopardy is my favorite, like, yes. species of video. <laughs> that's very true, too. That's very true. But, yeah, so that's that's another that's another uh, something. If you're into if you're into Queer Eye, check out their <laughs> check out their Celebrity Family Feud episode because it was delightful from start to finish. And then, yeah. So go on, speaking of 90s things and then we can wrap that up. Buffy doesn't really belong on this list. I mean, it is it was revolutionary, but also it killed one of the two main lesbians and then did nothing for the rest of the series with uh, Willow, so I, d- I don't count it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. I, I Honestly, when you said Buffy, I was like, what? Is that? Is there a gay person? Yeah. <laughs> That's another so, one where I'm like, is there a gay person there? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really, it was revolutionary for its time, but then Joss Whedon fucked it so royally that it doesn't count anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joss Whedon just shouldn't be allowed to do things anymore. No. <laughs> Frankly, no. And, like, hard opinion, but I'm glad that Firefly was cancelled after its first season. I can only imagine how bad it could have got. <laughs> yeah, it was already bad enough. So, Delia, do you, do you want to yell about Lucifer now or later? Um, I guess now. Okay. I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, actually good, like, queer yeah. representation, I'm going to talk about Lucifer, which is a really fun show, and you should all watch it, Sam. <laughs> and it has two like canonically bisexual characters who are like very main characters and whose sexuality are depicted in like not gross ways basically and yeah it's just a really it's a fun show it's very it's got like that same sort of formulaic kind of because it's basically a cop show but like also Lucifer is there like that's that's like the whole thing it's like it's an LA cop show and then uh Lucifer is there I just I I feel like Justin McElroy in this moment 
us and say, stop talking about Lucifer on our podcast. I never will. I never will until you watch it. I know. Well, uh, segue here. Is Lu- so was Lucifer on the CW or is it still on it the CW? Was, uh, it wasn't on the CW. I need to look it up. So it was on a network. I need to look it up again. Cause I say whatever it is, it got canceled, right? It got, it, yeah, it got canceled and then Netflix picked Took it up. Took it up, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so Netflix picked it up. But also, Lucifer was in the crazy five episode crossover yeah, Arrowverse episode. Okay, he's in that universe. Okay. He's yeah. in the DC universe. Okay. Neil Gaiman he, created him. Not Lucifer, not, not historical no. figure Lucifer or whatever. No, Neil, Neil Gaiman didn't create the devil. Neil, <laughs> the Neil, concept of the devil. Neil Gaiman created the character of Lucifer in the DC universe in the Sandman graphic novels. Okay. But like, but he wasn't a CW, like he wasn't- his, No, I was, in, his, I was on Fox. Okay. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say, I, I just assumed because he was there that his show- also, because there, like you said, there are multiple representations of queer people in the show. I was like, oh, CW, because yeah, well, that's just the, sort of. I think it's just sort of the DC universe that Neil Gaiman occupies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right on, right on. Yeah, and like, like, uh, um, Constantine wasn't a CW show originally, right? But yeah, and, he and was now in there he, too. Now he's on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, or whatever. Right, because Matt Ryan. <laughs> loves to play Lucifer so much that he <laughs> transcended universes to do so. The bridge is to... I'm just gonna say that I watch a lot of CW shows and every CW show does a decent job of, like, mixing up the representation and having, you know, trans characters, yeah. uh, gay characters, lesbian characters, bisexual characters. Like, they're, there are good examples of all of that on Supergirl, The 100, The Flash, Riverdale, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, yeah, speaking and like Legend of Tomorrow that uh, John Constantine is on now that he hopped universes <laughs> to be on because again, Matt Ryan loves playing Constantine more than anyone has ever loved playing a character in their whole lives, and that's also a very good show for LGBT representation. Also, that show is so buck wild off the rails, like. They, they were like, oh, we're, they were like, they recognized immediately where they were like, we're not one of like these main like headline shows. Like we're not Arrow, we're not The Flash. So we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> and we're going to do crazy, wild, like mostly, like I feel like watching that show, every episode is like a bottle episode because <laughs> it's all so wild. They like do crazy like time travel shenanigans and it's just so much. I know that I would like it, but, like, there's so many... It's so I much. feel... At some point, I'm just gonna have to watch every CW show, but, like, I can't right now. I can't. This is the part of the podcast where I'm just very quiet, because I've never <laughs> watched any of these. I, mean, I watched Legends Supergirl, Tomorrow but... is the only one I watch anymore. I've stopped yeah. watching every single one of the other ones, because they exhaust me. But Legends of Tomorrow is... It is also exhausting in that there are too many characters and too much garbage is happening, but... It's uh very wild and very queer. Just generally, my patience for forty-five minute shows is very yeah, low to same. begin with. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you guys would probably like the one hundred, except for the fact that the made-up language that they use is literally just bastardized English. Great, <laughs> cool. I literally, I it it frustrates me so much the language that they the. Well, and I understand the reasoning. They're like, this is what English evolved to when humanity left Earth. So it has to ha- like kind of sound like it came from English, but it also has to sound like it wouldn't be understandable. 
but it is just nonsense. Like literally the, the, the subtitle will say, uh, bring me the prisoners and the person will say, bring them in. Like, that. <laughs> like, as, if, like as if that's a language. And, and, and the, the like big slogan that came from that show is like, when, when someone dies, they say something, I don't even freaking remember what it translates to. Let me double check. But it, uh, what they say is juice drain juice down. <laughs> Yes, I, you've told me this before. And <laughs> Sam, juice is blood. <laughs> the human juice, Sam. What? <laughs> so, I, uh, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it, it's like blood must have blood or something is the translation. But they literally say juice drain, juice down. And juice is... <laughs> The juice. <laughs> it's literally spelled like Aju, like J U S. Sound. I saw, I was looking at the Arby's. Um, the Arby's Aju drained down. <laughs> I was looking at phone cases once, and I was like, I don't know. I was just googling shows that I liked, and there was one that said "juice drained, juice down," and I was like, what? Teen-year-old is like, this is a cool phone case. I should buy this. I would pay you to have that and have to explain it to people who have never seen the 100. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to give you that chore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you uh, if you want to be linguistically frustrated, watch the 100. There are some queer characters. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm okay. <laughs> We can move on from CW. We'll allow we'll allow Sam some reprieve. Um, <laughs> so my favorite show that's on this list uh, that has done a very good job of like you know establishing all of their characters as being you know people with depth and you know life outside of the precinct is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really nice to watch Rosa kind of come into her own with her with her bisexuality, and it's been cool to listen to Stephanie Beatriz uh, talk about you know, her experience and how that came to influence her character's experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that show. Yeah, I mean, I, do I, I as critical as I am of cop shows. Yeah, I was gonna say, disclaimer <laughs> like, that it is yeah, a cop show. Yeah, but... disclaimer that it is a cop show. And at this particular moment in time, cop shows are... Yeah, I, I saw a post the other day. It was like, how effortlessly could Brooklyn Nine-Nine transition to be a show about the post office and then and no one would know? Yeah, I mean, they could they could all just be like, we all got reassigned to be postal <laughs> like workers, postal workers <laughs> but, and it would be fine. Yeah, I mean, they did donate $100,000 to one of the charities yeah. supporting Black Lives Matter. So, I mean, it, it, it's okay, but it's also not okay. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I agree that that Rose's character has been very well done. Yeah, it's one of the few, I would say, really, really good, like thoughtful representations yeah. of bisexuality on like a mainstream TV show. I'm sure it helps that, you know, Stephanie Beatrice actually is a bisexual woman who's playing her. And so she can probably yeah. bring her and it was, experience in. It's, it's very clear that it was done probably like like in dialogue with her. And it wasn't like... Her character didn't start out as openly bi and mm-hmm. wasn't openly bi for a long time. And being able to watch, like, the process of her coming out is uh, 
more impactful than if they had like you know just started her by off the yeah off the bat as like a token representation and andre andre browner plays a good you know captain holt as a gay man holt like it's not even the fact that he's gay that is (laughs) yeah that's 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 the the least weird thing about him is that he's gay yeah that's It's just very good that he and Kevin are there yes. <laughs> being big weirdos together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the all the male characters on that show transcend the, you know, toxic masculinity of it all. So it's good. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Charles is the most hetero man on that show. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know, we, we love you. We continue to love you. But uh, a couple of other... Shit's Creek is another one that I've really enjoyed recently, just, you know, as a show in general, but also I've, that has a good representation of queer romance. Probably, like, the first mainstream representation of a pansexual person to explain what a pansexual person is yeah. to, like, a modern audience. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's the it's the wine metaphor, yeah. right? Like, I, I prefer reds, but I drink a, wa- a white every once in a while, and it doesn't matter what, you know, gen- what kind of genitalia the white has or <laughs> yeah. the, re- the wine has or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's much more... <laughs> it's, you know, it's not that, but... <laughs> it's elegant in the show. Yeah, I think, I think he talks more about the bottle as opposed to the wine inside, yeah. more so than, like, the yeah. genitalia of a, of a glass wine bottle. <laughs> So the episode title is going to be the genitalia of a wine bottle, but... <laughs> but yeah, wine metaphor. Yeah. When is the fifth season of that coming to Netflix? I need to, I, I need it. Hopefully soon. Probably like October would be yeah. my guess, because that's when it came out last year. So yeah. I'm ready. I want it. Yeah, and I, by the time we reach October, that'll be when we, uh, you know, run out of new shows. So yeah. it'll be yeah. good to have True. that. Yeah, it's going to be really weird the next, like, year of television. Yeah, like, r- so far, we've we've had, like, a lot of new television to watch in quarantine, but uh, <laughs> that's going to stop soon. <laughs> well, because production pr- stopped in, like, yeah, March for everything. Yeah, and so that's going to hit us in, like, you know, September, October, in the fall. The fall, yeah. And uh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be. So speaking of that whole like quarantine wrapping up production and another show that I forgot that I watched this week to, that I forgot to put on this list. There's a show on HBO Max called We're Here and it is basically Queer Eye but community based. Mm. And instead of being five guys, uh, it is three drag queens who became famous from oh. RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> it's Bob the Drag Queen, who I love, uh, Shangela, who I love, and Eureka, who I tolerate. <laughs> Um, you're the only person on this call who yeah. watches any drag yeah. race at all so i'm just i'm just giving the people in case they in case they want to know uh but so but so the three of them go to these like real podunk real small towns like spartanburg south carolina was the last one that i watched there were a bunch of like other like tiny cities and they put on a drag show and they also so like to help the if there are any local drag queens and then they also like meet with people in the community and pick a couple of people to like put into drag. Um, some people it's like, oh, I have gay friends and I want to show them that I'm supportive of them by doing drag. Some one was a uh, a cool, couple, I guess. <laughs> one one was a couple who uh, is a trans man and a woman who have been together since they were both in high school. Mm. Oh, that's um, nice. And like came out like 
you know, came out as lesbians to their parents and then the, the husband transitioned um, mm-hmm. after that. So they didn't get to have the wedding that they wanted because of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so they put on a drag show and had them do like a wedding number to This Is Me from The Greatest Showman and I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it's just, it's a, it's a very cool, like, it's a, it's a basically a combination of bringing, bringing drag into the same kind of thing that Queer Eye mm-hmm. does of, like, counseling mm. people and helping them, to, like, they, they'll sit around the table with the people's family and, like, have conversations with the family about, like, what was it like when this person came out? Why do you feel this way? Like, what, what do you feel about them having come out? And, like, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a nice it's a nice show and it seems very like real and authentic and I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed myself as someone who does like both Queer Eye and Drag Race. So it's a, it's a nice combination of the two. There were only like six episodes or whatever, but the actual last episode got cut off because oh. they were, it was quarantine. Mm. So the last episode turned into like, they, they had the first 10 minutes of the episode like, like normal. And then they were like, hey guys, it's me at home on my computer. Um, we, we have to be done for the, for the season. See you next time. <laughs> so they did kind of like a recap of the season of like, you know, things we didn't get to see and stuff. So that was nice. But I would definitely recommend that as like some feel good reality TV as well. Mm. Uh, if you have HBO Max. But. Which we all do because we bought it together. <laughs> Watch Dodgeball. <laughs> as you, if you recall last week. infuriated me. <laughs> <laughs> we to be fair we did that for free if if we if we since paid for it it was not for that because right. we, there was a free trial week. <laughs> so uh do you guys want to talk about we've already talked about both of these these uh animated shows before but you can talk briefly about the actual representation in them maybe uh you mean Shira and Cora? we have a few animated shows that we listed off like Shira, which just ended um Legend of Korra um, we mentioned like Adventure Time and Steven, Un- Steven Universe. Yeah, I mean, in the case of Korra and uh, Adventure Time, both of them are shows that clearly desperately wanted more queer representation, but yeah, and through limitations, of, you know, Cartoon, cartoon Network, yeah, and, and Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon and stuff. Both of them only had like canon uh, queer characters in the final episodes of their entire series. But yeah. I know in the case of Korra, at least, uh, they've really fleshed out Korra and Asami's relationship in the comics. So I appreciate what they did. It, you know, what they tried to do and what they did for what they could, since it's obviously not their fault that they weren't able to be like more fleshed out in the actual series. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's very clear that the showrunners wanted a specific type of representation and they had to fight a network to get what little they could get in. And so few people were actually expecting Korosami to happen because, as I was saying, yeah, it's true. Uh, my favorite ancient Tumblr post is uh, we pop in big bottles when Makora happens tomorrow <laughs> in reference to the final episode of, of I wonder Legend of where Korra. that person is now. I, t- who knows? <laughs> where Where is OP now? <laughs> some other shows that uh, have some representation. Uh, you guys, neither of you guys watched the other two, I assume, right? I don't even yeah. know what that is. Okay. It is a... A show on Comedy Central that just started last year, so it it was it like its first episode was last January and had one season so far, and I don't think they finished the second season filming before quarantine, so I don't even know when the next season will be out. But it did get renewed. But it's from two writers from uh, SNL, and it's about a pair of siblings who are like 
you know, much older than their younger brother, and then their younger brother becomes, uh, like, a viral Justin Bieber-level sensation oh. on YouTube. Oh, God. Um, oh God. So it's like it's like the third Hemsworth brother is what you're saying. It's about <laughs> right. It's that. It's that. Yes. It's that. It's it's they are the other yeah. two. Like there's the there there's the 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 one that's the their younger brother is like a YouTube sensation pop star guy, and then they are the other two. But the one character is a gay guy who's kind of struggling with being gay in the industry, and he has a couple of like he goes on auditions and has to decide like, okay, do I want to sound like, should I try and sound straight to like, get this part, that kind of thing. He has a relationship, like his, uh, his roommate is a quote unquote straight guy who like will make out with him and then leave the room. And he's trying to figure out what that means. And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like played for comedy, but like, I think probably pretty decently real experiences of, being a gay guy in an industry like show business that you have to kind of decide what you want to put out to get, you know, to feel like you get all the opportunities that you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the sister is also there and she's funny and good. It's a, it's a good show. Molly Shannon is there. Um, Ro- uh, Rob Marino is there. It's a, it's, I, I enjoy it thoroughly. It's a well-written, like funny 30 minutes at a time show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was one that it also does a very good call me by your name reference at the end of one episode that is very 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 dumb and very very funny and i appreciated it so much so yeah it's it's definitely a very like queer coded like uh chris kelly that writes for them that main character is based mostly on him and his experiences being a gay guy like in writing in hollywood so that's it's a good quick watch especially because they've only done one season so far so the other two on comedy central watch it so that it gets more seasons because i enjoyed it yeah, and then there are some crazy ex-girlfriend. I mean, is there? There's really Valencia is the only main queer character, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you're forgetting Daryl and Wyjo. I mean, they're oh, I fully forgot Daryl and Wyjo. <laughs> See, like it's <laughs> it's hard to keep track. I love Wyjo too. Uh, yeah, but Valencia has a coming out tale. Sort of, I guess. I mean, she doesn't really come out. She just starts dating a woman in season three. And she's like, yeah, I figured out I'm bisexual. So yeah, uh, it's pretty realistic, honestly. And then there's Daryl and Wajo who are gay from the beginning. Yes. Well, true. no, actually, well, no, uh, no. Yeah, Daryl has a literal uh, yeah. coming out story. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was going to say, Daryl literally has a song about being bi. So yeah, my anthem. Yep. <laughs> Getting bi, my anthem. Another CW show. I mean. Oh, that's also true. Yeah. We already briefly talked about Never Have I Ever. Uh when Sam and I both watched it, but there's just a nice, a good, like a good coming out story for one of the, one of the characters that I think is handled pretty well. It's a little silly. Like there's obviously some comedy components to it just because it is like a comedy show, but it is a nice heartfelt, like people being realistically, you know, supportive and it's, it's, it's nice. I I was worried that they would make it really dark and sad and it wasn't. So we love that for for a comedy about teenagers. What else? I mean, I very, I guess Billy on the street. I just, I just put on here because I, I because <laughs> yeah, I mean, Billy Eichner is the role model, right? Yeah. Because, because justice for Billy Eichner is all. Let's yeah. go lesbians. Let's go. Let's, let's go, go lesbians. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
Uh, that that episode of TV might be one of my favorite episodes of TV because it does have both. It has Billy Eichner, Chris Evans, and a bunch of lesbians yeah. running down the street yelling. <laughs> and, and Billy Eichner yelling at Chris Evans that none of the lesbians care about him. <laughs> <laughs> Your charm is useless here. <laughs> no one cares how hot you are. <laughs> well, and didn't and didn't they run into Paul Rudd too? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very good. It's god tier level TV. It is. It's truly uh, ascendant. <laughs> yeah, transcendent. Yeah. Yeah, we can't really say that there's a ton of like representation of any actual romance or anything for for no. Billy, but Billy is just out there being the <laughs> Bill, most. Billy's out there being himself, and we love yeah, that. We, we love to that. see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so support Billy Actor in all of his endeavors. Yep. <laughs> Even when yep. he has to sing with Seth Rogen. <laughs> God. They made him do it again for the Disney sing along. I was like, oh, poor Billy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, the, the live action Lion King is a nightmare, but Billy Eichner's there, so I guess it's like 2% good. Yeah, he was the best thing about it for sure. Yeah, did any of you watch Pose? I didn't watch Pose. I didn't, I watch, didn't Pose. watch Pose. It's one of those shows that is perpetually on my to watch list. Yes, same. Like, yeah. I, I know that I would like it. Yeah, I just, I have a hard time with, again, I have a hard time with, like, 45-minute dramas. Yeah. Just because I'm like, oh, God, it's like a whole thing every single time for me to watch, like, a 45-minute drama. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, so I watched Paris is Burning um, Mm -hmm. a month or two ago. Yeah, I watched Paris is Burning in a, I think, grad class I had. Because they they put it on Netflix for a while um, over the winter. And I think it might have even been during quarantine. Um, but so I watched that. So like, I understand like that gives a good background on like balls and houses and all of that kind of like queer uh, black culture that, you know, became what drag race is, became what, whatever that other ballroom show or whatever is. But I, I've not actually watched Pose yet. I, I know that I should. I, I support, speaking of Billy's to support, support, support Billy Porter. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Billy Porter is our king and we love him. Yeah. So I definitely should watch Pose. I just got to get around to it. There's just so much TV. It's it's hard. Yeah. The comforting glow of old television I've already watched transcends uh, yeah. new television any, any I should watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's just also so much new TV to watch. Like, prioritizing it is impossible. So Portrait of a Lady on Fire, only one of the three of us has seen it, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. We we kept suggesting to watch it, but apparently it's way too it's way too horny to watch with company. It's it's like <laughs> it's like the half of it scene, but like stretched out over two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so like it it's really very good. It's like probably the best movie I saw in theaters. Uh, I could do. Was it this year? I guess. Oh, yeah, it was this year for sure. It was the best movie I saw in theaters this year. I saw <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've them. seen like three movies um, this I was year. Say, so. Was it was it better than was it better than Doolittle and <laughs> and, and Sonic? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, so for sure, the best movie I saw in theaters this year. But I was, I if it came out last year, it would still be the best movie I saw in theaters last year as well. Um, made me cry at the end. It's on Hulu. I recommend that everybody watch it. But definitely, like, it is horny. Don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> uh, uh, my anecdote about it is that Sean and I saw it. I literally rode the bus to, to the uh the movie theater to see this because it was snowing so badly that I didn't want to um drive my car and it was like literally a snowstorm we saw it and we came out and it was still snowing and i was like warm the entire time home because (laughs) it's just so it's so horny (laughs) 
and also the main actress looks so much like our friend that it 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 did fuck with me a little bit (laughs) (laughs) but i still liked it regardless yeah that's another one that's on my list and i need to watch but it's just a matter of getting around to it um i put glow on here they have uh do either of you guys watch glow is that the allison brie show yeah Uh, no i haven't seen it I watched, like, the first, like, two or three episodes, and I couldn't really get into it. I don't know how much further she and watched, but, yeah, I couldn't really get into it. Again, 45-minute dramas. <laughs> yeah. There is a there is a relationship, a gay, re- a lesbian relationship that is developed there, and they've done a, a decent job of, like, making it, you know, real and having, you know, the one of the girls kind of question, like, her her sexuality and before they decide to actually get together like it's it's developed in a nice way i don't know that it's groundbreaking for the 2020 era but like it's it's a good it's a nicely done showing of you know women being in a relationship and one being less experienced than the other and how that can play into the coming out of it all and all of that kind of thing so it's it's nice it's a it's a pretty well done um representation within the millions of relationships that are on that show because like, there are so many characters, it's a lot to keep track of. You know what I just, the thought I just had is, imagine that teacher, Corey, now, today, in 2020, <laughs> with all the media now. Yeah, yeah. I feel, well, it gave yeah. me just, like, a warm feeling inside thinking about <laughs> it, how, how angry she must be. <laughs> well, what's actually happening is she's just watching Man with a Plan on CBS a lot. <laughs> it's so much worse. <laughs> What a horrid existence. Is it that in Last Man Standing, the reboot of Last Man Standing? <laughs> yeah. It's just she's just she's just riding that CBS train. Oh, the straights. The straights are suffering. Yeah, what would that what would that class look like today? <laughs> I mean I think it still exists. I don't see why it would. Does she still, still teach exist. it is the question? I have no idea. You gotta get a copy of that syllabus. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yep. A, a lot of times I wish that Survivor would just jump networks after 20 years so that I wouldn't have to interact with CBS that much. But I know that they also technically own the CW. So, yeah. you know, mm. different branches of the same tree. How much more of this? We're almost at an I hour. We could just wrap up. Yeah, yeah we could just do our <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> okay, well, also on our list that I guess we're gonna just kind of... Yeah, I mean, over. we also have Sense8 and The Magicians, which both are very queer uh, dramas. Sense8 is particularly very good. Um, the Magicians betrayed me in its fourth season finale, <laughs> so I've never watched the fifth season, and I will not to this day, but it is still a good uh, queer representation sort of show. Sense8 was on Netflix, Yeah, right? Yeah. It it's Netflix. still on Netflix, yeah, it's on I Netflix, think. It's a Netflix it's original. A, it was an original, yeah. I see you, villain. <laughs> I see you, villain. <laughs> My only touchstone with Sense8. I knew I should watch it, but it's, I just... It is a very it. good show, and I love the Wachowskis for all the like crazy shit that they do um it the like concept of it is very fascinating and i wish they'd had more time to play in that universe and they hadn't gotten you know canceled after two seasons but it is very good well so we uh figured we would keep with the pride dynamic uh in our recommendations this week and recommend some queer youtubers uh, so do you want to just go down the list, uh, Delia, you can go <laughs> sure. first. Um, so my recommendation is going to be Nikki Tutorials. So she 
famously was uh, blackmailed into coming out at the end of last year um, mm-hmm. as trans. But she is just a very, I mean, just completely ignoring all that. Her channel is very fun, and she's like the only uh, makeup channel that I've really ever watched, and the only one I ever watch regularly, just because it's very soothing, like, background noise for me to, like, watch her do her very, very intense makeup routine, because <laughs> it's, like, wild. And I my favorite thing about her channel is, like, in every video, she's like, I'm just gonna do, you know, kind of, like, a subtle, and then by the end of it, she's got, like, seven colors on her eye, <laughs> and she's, like, contoured the hell out of her face. She spends, like, an hour doing her eyebrows, and I'm like, yes, very subtle. Love it. You love to see it. <laughs> just woke up. <laughs> just woke up. You love to see it. <laughs> and I also love watching her because she also always has like acrylics on. And I love watching her do her makeup with these long ass acrylics and doing it flawlessly. And I'm like, what's it like <laughs> having talent? Yeah, <laughs> what's no it kidding. like being able to use your hands? That's why I, I, yeah. put, I put on eye, dark eyeshadow and I'm like, this doesn't look right. This is not supposed to look like Well, this. to be fair, she spends like an hour blending out, you know, yeah, all of her stuff. And I'm like... Yeah, I don't do that. I don't think I've ever done that. And I don't think I ever will. Goodbye. <laughs> I put on shaky eyeliner and I'm like, mm, I'm going to start over. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so that's my recommendation. Mine is not really a queer channel. I mean, it's... I mean, we're, we're talking about queer content creators. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It's uh, Brutal Moose, also known as Ian McLeod. So he doesn't talk about his sexuality on his channel, like, at all. He does... Uh, Video game reviews, movie reviews, cooking segments, VHS mystery <laughs> tapes. Sometimes, sometimes uh, he goes out to an arcade and yeah. films a video of him playing a coin machine. <laughs> yep. Uh, sometimes he goes on a hunt for a specific type of apple on a road trip. <laughs> hey guys, queer people can be giant weirdos yeah, too. That's exactly. 2020. That's where we're at. He very much he, is. I love him so yeah. much. I love him so much. He doesn't talk, like I said, he doesn't talk about his sexuality, but he is an openly gay man. He lives, I believe, with his partner, um, who does some of the filming for the out and about in the real life <laughs> videos. Um, he talks a little bit about his, his like experience on his Tumblr page, but it's not really like a big part of his content that he creates. But it's my go-to like background noise, chill, I need something to watch YouTube channel just because... Yeah, when I need to feel good, I go and watch, like, specifically his food (laughs) reviews, specifically the one where he makes the pizza (laughs) sauce dip or whatever, and he doesn't know what a green pepper is. (laughs) Uh Yeah, And it makes me, it makes me, like, gently enraged every time. (laughs) But it's still, it's such good content. Um, He's been making videos since, like, 10 years ago or something like that, and his... YouTube channel is definitely broken up into phases, but it makes it like very fun to watch him over the years. Um, Sean introduced me to him a few years ago, and I shared them or his channel with Delia and Sheehan by making them watch his um, yeah. Lunchables review <laughs> one time when they are in town. So I strongly recommend Brutal Moose to anybody. It's got something for everybody, I would say. And then my uh, my recommendation is. Tyler Oakley, he's a very prominent, he's been on YouTube forever. He's pretty popular. A lot of people have heard about him, know about him. Um, I've stuck with him for like probably over 10 years at this point. I don't know actually how long he's been on YouTube, but I've been watching him since I was in college. He's done a, a nice thing of being being a white gay man. He has made a transition in probably the past five to seven years of like recognizing 
how he kind of did not have an intersectional view of of being gay, of being LGBT, and kind of he he keeps educating himself and talking about educating himself. He has a podcast. He has you know his YouTube channel. Um, he doesn't always talk about being gay, but like it's a part of every part of his life. He's done a lot with you know activism and working with people at the Trevor Project, working with uh, doing roundtables during Pride months and talking to people with different experiences than himself. Like he's done a nice job of kind of becoming more a part of the community as a whole and like making sure other voices are heard, which I really respect given how so many people in the LGBT community can feel, you know, kind of excluded from that community by people that are white gay men who, you know, feel very insulated in their own group. Yeah. No uh, offense to any of our listeners, but of all the LGBTQ people, I I trust white gay men just a little less. <laughs> just give them a side eye. Watch them. Just keep an eye yeah, on them. Every, every uh, queer conservative I've ever met has been a white gay man. So. Yep. That's why you gotta watch them. You gotta watch them. <laughs> But yeah, so I I have really enjoyed watching Tyler Oakley kind of come into his own, um, and I I just think that he's really funny and I like him a lot. So I would recommend any of his. He has a book. He has he he's got a freaking empire. Go find him. He's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's gonna do it uh, for our recommendations this week. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up? Nope. That's it. Again, we won't be able to talk about uh, the Facebook group that someone's <laughs> mom made them join. Yeah, that's, but... that's still in our document. Yes, we'll 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 just keep teasing that for next week and it'll never happen. Yeah. Maybe maybe if we run out of stuff to talk about, I can talk about all the bad movies that Sean and I watched this week. Uh, <laughs> next week, but yeah. Yeah. Just keep them on the list. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. This has been Dis- Discontent, a podcast about nothing and for no one. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Discontent Podcast and on Twitter at Discontent Cast and you can I guess like and subscribe or whatever. I hate saying that. It makes me it makes me feel like smash that, that. like button. <laughs> uh, our theme song is South of France by the Swing Ninjas, and thanks very much for them letting us use it. All right, and uh, I guess we'll get back to this week that has been crazy. Keep you know, keep donating to the charities we recommended last week. Keep staying civically engaged. Do do what we need to do to. Uh, move the human race and America forward. And smash that like button. Uh, and, uh, smash, oh smash, smash the patriarchy and that like button. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> Down with white supremacy. <laughs> All right. Let's, oh, let's, Christ. Uh, let's go. We All need right. to stop. Bye. 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 <laughs>